Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Studious. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are into A Feast for Crows outline, all the way back from 2003. Uh, and th- this is a, a leak that has happened. We've been talking about it for, I think, a week or two, kind of hyping it up. But Matt, you, you gave it a little looks look over. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been studying it, man. It's pretty crazy. Um, it is. I can't believe this was this was leaked. Part of me makes me feel like it looks like fake, but at the same time, I don't know. Everyone's saying this is legit. This is the real deal. It it does seem to be legit from what we can tell. It also matches George's handwriting from the other outlines that we've seen from him. Uh, and you know, it's been a long time. These things do have a way of kind of getting out after a while. Um, I, I think what we're looking at is, is, is legit dude. And it, it's interesting just because like, you're going to see things in here and we're going to read off all the points that, that are brought into these. And some of them are really obvious. Then some other things that you read and you're like, what was that? What was he planning for then? And whether or not he's going to move it to a future book or is it scrapped completely? We're not sure. So it, mm-hmm. it'll be kind of cool to go over that. But Matt, how are you? I didn't, I didn't even get to ask you how you are. Oh man, I'm doing, I'm doing good. You know, it's the holiday season. I feel like the whole year's winding down and we're getting news over here, which is exciting. You know, man, I'm just, I'm just ready for that new year. You know, new year, new you. Yeah, pretty much this year. This year was not, I don't know. It's kind of a weird year for me, to be honest. I feel like I lost this year when I, cause my back injury, bro, but I feel you. I know you've been hurt too. Like this whole, this honest, I feel like I, I did like accomplish some things this year and Jimmy and I are only record. I think you and I are only going to record one more time before the year is over or well, it goes to record that last week in December, but you know, with the uh, holiday parties and everything. Yeah. Uh, this has just been a, it's been a weird year. Cause I feel like I, I like I missed so much of it. Cause I was literally on bed rest for like three months in a row. Yeah, I mean, you, you, there was a, a point where our episodes were only 30 minutes because you couldn't sit down. Long I was like, standing, oh, dude, it was, yeah, it was, it was sucked, dude. I was literally like, I, we, we only did audio then. And I'm literally like up and down and up and down. And I had like a pillow that I'd like, I would like kneel and stuff like, oh, it was, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Got a new car this year because I wrecked my car earlier in the year. And then because of your back problem, <laughs> because of my back problem, I didn't I didn't like wreck my car. And then that gave me a back problem. I tried to drive my car and it did not go so well. And uh, I kind of dinged it up a little bit. Yeah, I went to Italy. That was fun. But yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just it's like the whole year is weird for me. It feels uh, like one of the longest years of my life, which I guess isn't necessarily a bad thing because you only get so many of them. You might as well soak it up as you go. But yeah, I felt like like my year started off with a family crisis and then it was just pretty normal, kind of recovering from that. And then coming into this last quarter, just getting the staph infection that just doesn't seem to want to go away. Bit weird. Good, good year for A Song of Ice and Fire, though. Yeah, we've had some, there's been some other, you know, there's been some new, there's definitely been some new stuff this year that's been fun. And I feel like it was like the, like the first like six months of this year. It's like, man, I don't, it was just because of my injury and everything. But the sec, this back half of the year has been kind of, has been pretty good. And then honestly, like that trip to Italy was like, it was like, I was gone for like three weeks, essentially. Yeah, you were. So it's kind of, so, you know, it's kind of a weird thing that we were on strike at work and just kind of crazy. So I feel like I always it's always like end of November, like after Thanksgiving is I kind of start like some people are like, I'm just going to kind of, Hey, you know, just uh, put it on cruise control until the end of the year and start in January. I'm kind of the opposite where I kind of start like my like new year planning, new year things going about this time, like first, second week in December. Cause I want to be like red. I'm going to be like, you know, sprinting into into the next year and like ready to like have things already roll on January 1st. So, so do you make resolutions? I don't necessarily make resolutions. I do always actually sit down and set like some like, goals for the year. Hmm. I don't necessarily set, I don't necessarily set resolutions, but I do, I do always sit down and try to set some goals, especially it was like content creation stuff where I'm like, you know, I want this to hit this number and this to hit this number and like some money, you know, save up some of this, you know, like buy a shirt, certain amount of like 
you know, put so much into my 401k and Roth and stuff like that. Yeah. All that How adult stuff. Uh, no, not really. Um, no, no, <clears throat> not really. I just kind of rock with it. I, I have a pretty disciplined schedule. Um, so I feel like I just stick to that. I don't, I don't know. I guess not. I feel like I should, like, I feel weird for not having resolutions or plans, but we can, we can set some resolute podcast resolutions. I mean, I'm, I'd be okay with that. Maybe that, that maybe that'll be our first episode of the new year. We'll just, what is our, like, what's coming? What is our, I do feel better about the podcast where we're at now. Cause you know, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I don't, we wanted to kind of re change some things and move some things around it's like i always do every the podcast started in a in a, on in fe, in a february i think it was 2018 and so that's kind of when i view it as like all right let's reshuffle some things but as we head into the new house of the dragon and yeah it's a big year like yeah so yeah next year is definitely gonna be a big year for the podcast so i want to uh you know we've talked about like patreon want to reformat how we do that and reformat a lot of stuff so yeah. And the idea of maybe having like, you know, obviously we do the reread and when House of the Dragon comes out, that's kind of like, you know, the, the thing, the thing. Mm -hmm. but also maybe having like quarterly topics right around Correct. something or, or an area, but like having like almost like a theme for a quarter. And then you do that four times a year, obviously with House of the Dragon coming out, we would have to try to maybe coincide that with something in Fire and Blood or whatnot. But mm -hmm. that could be something cool. We have plenty of ideas. It's just. uh, Yeah, because I because I would love to read. We, we you and I talked about rediving into like Fire and Blood or the Rise of the Dragon book or World of Ice yeah, and Fire. Fire. And we did do a little we did do a little dive into that. And uh, so. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do something like that. I know we're going to start the year off with Harrenhal is what we, is what we want to, want to do. We want to do, I want to do a deep, a deep dive into Harrenhal. Especially with and the I wanna, coming. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I want to, and I want to re release like an actual like printed schedule of like, here's what you can expect and, uh, and things like that. Yeah. So, and there's a bunch of other stuff I want to do too. I want to interview, there's like people I want to reach out to and trying to bring onto the show that do sort of like cool fun stuff in the a song of ice and fire uh sphere the you know the universe that aren't just like maybe podcasters but like i would love to reach out to the like the people behind westeros craft the people who like made an entire minecraft server that is westeros like if, if you like you should honestly check like if you if people have never seen it it's like really like really cool like I'm, i've never really played minecraft but i mean it's pretty impressive what they've done over there I think it's all also really interesting to see how people get motivated or inspired. Like for us, it was like, you know, we want to talk about this, this stuff, right? Get, mm -hmm. get deep down into the lore and the pages, but then there's other people who maybe they want to do music. Other people write like fan fiction. Some people want yeah. to, you know, like almost like journal. Oh, uh, we could uh, definitely dive into some, a song of ice and fire fan fiction. I would love to get the Minecraft people on. Like I'm yeah. so in. Back in the day, we did interpretive fan fiction in which we just found some fan fiction online and read it out like it was a play. And we could always bring that back. Bro, what if we read in a Song of Ice and Fire fan fiction and then talk about it? That'd be fun. Like, <laughs> <And> it's like, <laughs> like have the listeners, y'all can tell us like if, if you're into that, like because there has to be one that's the best, right? There has to be one that, sure. that everyone's like, oh, that one's actually really good or I'm like sure. not as bad as the others. I, right. I would read it. I'd give it a go. Yeah. And we've talked about the games and stuff like that too. And so I want to kind of want to start exploring some of the other things that are in, in this universe. Cause there's a lot of, there's like a really a lot of, a lot of cool stuff that exists. That's not just uh, the theories I know, but we're just, so, we're, we're just so into them. We're like, Oh man. Yeah. And I might, we might bring up one of the end. We're going to talk about this outline. Um, and if we have time at the end, we do, maybe we'll dive into a Raven or something. Cause there is something that I found the other day. Cause I'm posting the video version of our iceberg, uh, right now it's that's 58%, uh, cause it's a 30 gigabyte file and it's taken a little bit, but, um, uh, there was something I found in that when I was editing it that I was like, Major. Oh my God. How, yeah. I mean, Matt, like I, and I've looked and nobody has talked about it. I mean, I, and so I was like, Jimmy, we're gonna have to do an episode on this or something. Cause this is like pretty crazy. Yeah. We should throw it in at the end of this one. I, I think okay. it's, it, it's, it's relevant to what we've been talking about. And then about. I'll, I'll clip it into a YouTube video. So yeah. All right. Well, Hey, let's, uh, let's dive into the outline. I'll, are you okay introducing this one? And, and I can, you, I can pull it up on the screen here if you'd like. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, uh, this is 
this got leaked on Reddit, right? This was posted. Um, and last weekend, Arnold Cha, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, founder of the George R. R. Martin uh, Rarities Facebook group, generously shared uh, with me a three-page outline Gurm made for A Feast for Crows. In my humble opinion, this is the most exciting new material since uh, an analysis of A Feast for Crow drafts last year, or even arguably since 2016's Forsaken chapter. This is the first time we can really see how Gurm plans his garden. It appears mm -hmm. he'll hear characters' voices before the proper story emerges. Many of the plot lines have changed dramatically during writing, but the outline still reveals some glimpses of the future decisions. With Arnold's permission, I now present them to you. Behold, and, that, and for those who are you know audio only, it is essentially composition notebook paper and all of these little points about different characters and what they will be doing. And there, it seems like that there's a uh, number assigned to them, meaning that like when things happen chronologically, which is really interesting. And it stresses me out uh, seeing this because it's so sporadic. Like I'm sure for George, it all makes sense, but I'm starting to see maybe why these books take him so long <laughs> to write. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it is uh it is crazy to to think that you know in his head he the system probably works, but to be breaking it down like this and then writing thousands of pages is just you know pretty impressive. So the uh, the Reddit post has actually broken it down into more legible uh, pieces, and I'm just gonna read. I guess I'll just read through here and read yeah, you that's guys. Fine. And the, yeah, and there's there's the pictures of it. I'll, I'll scroll down here too. Yes. So uh, in part one, it says Danny and this and basically has a character name and then what the character was supposed to do in Feast for Crows or, you know, had already done, which Danny says, pretend it's a horse face off in pit. No. And question mark, Mary city battle scene. I'm going home one chapter. Now, that's George speak for, I think, the face off in the pit, which we see. Um no mary so i think he's questioning whether or not he's gonna have danny actually married mm -hmm. the battle scene in the pit and then i'm going home almost made me feel like it was danny instead of like flying off into the desert her just leaving marine and going to westeros immediately yeah. doesn't it kind of feel like that but that yeah one, i can see that wouldn't have worked you know yeah yeah, it, uh, who knows? Maybe he means home as in like, I'm just going back to like the palace or, you know, whatever. I mean, we don't know if it's yeah. I'm going home to Westeros. Yes. And then there was a Sam uh, chapter that just says cut. So I assume that he just cut it from the book completely. Um, and then Jamie's next note is just Blackfish. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because, you know, this was in 2003 he was planning this, but Feast for Crows wasn't released to what, 2006, 2007? So mm -hmm. three or four years went by before he wrote that scene. But that one scene of dialogue is something that George had been thinking about for years which makes me want to go back and read that chapter because that means there's definitely more significant stuff in there than we've previously probably realized. Um, he then makes a note for the prologue and says, no glass candles, Pate steals book death of dragons, which of course is the very awesome prologue that we get uh, with Pate and in the epilogue at the end where we kind of see the resolution of that. So I think he kind of took some of this in the prologue and then put some of it also in the epilogue. Uh, Brienne has a note here and it says end with hound fight. Now this is something we saw in the show. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it didn't, it, you know, it doesn't, that, that fight does not take place in the books. It does not take place in the book books. And honestly, it doesn't feel as if it's going to happen. I don't think the story in the book where they're at with lady Stoneheart with Brienne, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen, which is no, really I, it, it works in the show because I mean, it, it, if that had taken place in the books at that time, it would have worked like where it takes place in the show. Like it would work at that time in the books, but where we're at now, you can't, you couldn't go back and ever have a fight between the hound and brand. It just wouldn't really make sense. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting, though. And I wonder that's actually one of my least favorite Brienne moments in the show. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, because it's like, what are you doing? Like, because, you know, it's like she views she's just like stepping. It's like she had no right to do that, you know, to 
today. It's it's it kind of makes me it it was I didn't I didn't like it. I guess I remember the fight was cool, but I also remember feeling uh I remember the first time I watched it being like, okay, <laughs> like what next? What happens after this? I mean, it actually it makes sense like that Brienne would be over eager to be like, oh no, come with me. Like you can't trust, you know, all of these things. But Arya's like, no, I don't want to go with you. Like, and she's and Arya is so obviously not even like you know, oh, like she's nervous or something like Theon, right? When Theon's like, no, yes. I must obey, you know, like where I must obey uh, my master, essentially. And so I just I just remember I just after that happened, I was like, I just didn't like that. Yeah, it's Brienne trying to stick to her word, right? Because her word means yeah. so much to her because of friendly and yada, yada, yada. Um, I, this makes me wonder, do you think Dan and Dave had access to these outlines? I'm sure they had George gave them. George gave them. I'm sure they probably Some had ideas, access. To, maybe they had access to all that stuff. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the rest of these notes, and then I'm going to go down a little lower where there are comments made on each point because uh, the person who made this post has like relevant information of like what actually mm -hmm. happened in the book where some of these points, I can't recall every detail of what happened. And the, this one is one that changed drastically. And this is for Davos. Again, all this is in Feast for Crows. Uh, Barrowtown wedding Davos to take recaptured Aria North. Where are you going to a wedding? And then we have John, which is a quote. It says, yes, we're going to lose. I can get us the armor. I can stay and look brave and you all die. Val carries a message. Rattle shirt goes with. I'm excited to break that one down in just a minute. Uh, Cersei, <laughs> this is kettle black. Queen asked <laughs> me to say that Osmond betrays her. Sansa, divide chapter. Littlefinger, Cersei has has overreached. She'll soon be done. Dorne, Balon versus Eris, end with blood and fire. Mountain missing teeth. That's very fascinating. Uh, Kevin, home to Castle the Rock, ready for winter. That obviously changed because Kevin Lannister mm -hmm. is murdered in the epilogue of Feast for Crows. And then Tyrion, witness to incest. And then the last point here is Prince of Sorrows eases psychic pain, comfort, prophecy, whorehouses, whores go everywhere. Current. Now we know. Yeah, we, we got the answer. <laughs> Where do the whores go? Everywhere, I guess. And it says, let it go or it will become you. Let them go. Will not bring you peace. Pain will keep what you have to do. Uh, and then it goes into the part three and it says, Arya, end with her first gift. One, joy of giving. Two, mercy at the gate. And then there's no third that's listed. Tyrion, mm -hmm. cliffhanger with Danny? Question mark. Captured by Sorjora? Question mark. <laughs> One, the sorrows. Two, Volantis. Three, the sea. Four, Danny. But Danny and the sea are crossed out. Uh, Danny, her marriage, the fall of Astapor, Siege of Marine, Bloody Flux, Climax, Dragon's Loosed, Marriage. And then Sansa with a question mark says, Old? Resolved to be SS Sansa Stark and take north tourney of winged night. And then it says to sweet Robin. I think it says woos or weds news from WH White Harbor. Kill the mouse. Kill the mouse might be an interesting one. And then John, it just says end with hard home. And I know some of this is really confusing to hear, but this mm -hmm. is just how George has actually written these things out. So some of the comments uh, are really interesting. And Danny, um, Danny's points, it's uh, someone said, it's difficult to know what George originally had in mind for her story, but now we know it ends with dragons loosed, which is in Danny six and her marriage in Danny seven at this stage, much earlier in Danny two, Drogon catches her up from the pit and, but puts her down onto the great pyramid. Uh, Sam's, Chapter was obviously cut, so that's not a big deal. But then Jamie's Blackfish chapter, uh, though previously I assume Blackfish refers to the Siege of Riverrun, there is actually another possibility. In the June 2004 draft, Jamie's plotline ends with Hildy offered to take him to Blackfish. Later, Martin changed Brienne's ending, thus she took the role instead, which could be very significant. Uh, and then the prologue: this confirms Faceless Men's motives is or was Death of Dragons. They want the book Blood and Fire as discussed 
in an earlier draft. Faceless men wanted to steal the glass candles in an abandoned fragment. Marwin said, the fire is locked within, needing only to be wakened. A simple spell. The Valyrians knew the power locked in Dragonglass, but George became unsure of the idea. Here, it appears that he finally decided to abandon it for the book. Um, so these are all things that, that were cut, maybe giving us a little bit more glimpses into the Faceless Men, uh, having a really big role to play when it comes to the death of dragons. Uh, for Brienne, um, they're talking about the Hound fight. It says, I think this refers to the Hound. Rather than the Hound fight we saw in Game of Thrones television show, at this stage, Hound was Lemon Cloak. It is, in, it is interesting that George used Hound and Rattleshirt even for himself. Is there any possibilities that they are not fake at this stage? So obviously Lemon Cloak had the Hound's helm, right? And the question mm -hmm. is, was this actually meant to be the real Hound or not? And then also Rattleshirt ends up being Mance Raider. So was George yeah. playing with the idea of keeping them around and came to the conclusion later he wanted to switch them? We're not sure. Uh, then the Davos. This is interesting. The plot line was completely changed when Gurm started to actually write the Davos chapters. Theon preview chapter mentioned the wedding was to be held at Barrowtown. Tycho Nestoris appears to take part of Davos's role, and then he's obviously off on a journey uh, that that wasn't even mentioned in the outline. So that those chapters definitely grew. Uh, grew on George as he went. And then with John ending with hard home is a bit strange. It makes no sense not to end with John dead. So perhaps either he didn't die here or dies in hard home. Anyway, hard home is now confirmed for the books. Uh, Dorn, we need theories about mountains, missing teeth. I agree. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Kevin Lannister, Kevin's mysterious disappearance in the draft was noted. Uh, and according to the outline, it appears George wanted him for a rock, casterly rock POV that we'll never get with Kevin because he's dead. And then Tyria, the question is, what incest was he supposed to be witness to? And there was a shrouded Lord POV planned at some point, which is also very uh, strange. And then Sansa, the most interesting part of this whole outline, by the way, possible plot line for the winds of winter, Elaine two and three take north in quotes appears to be from Littlefinger's word at the end of Elaine two, but it also fits the show ending and Mad Mouse is obviously also dead. So mm -hmm. very interesting. Uh, the Iron Islands not mentioned at all in this brand not mentioned at all uh, that that seems odd, but also maybe that was not going to be part of uh this original story maybe he hadn't got there at that point so whoo that was a lot yeah it's yeah it is yeah and it's it's crazy to look at this information because on one hand it's obvious george had george this is being written in a time in which he thought it was only going to be like five books right because remember it was originally supposed to be three and then he was like okay then it might be five okay then it might be seven and who knows still might be more than seven but it feels like yeah it's still you know obviously gonna be gonna be seven um but that's not to say and the big takeaway from some of this stuff is these were still at a time his potential plans for these characters and some of these things could still be the plans going forward yeah i mean the sansa thing of taking north like is that just going to be a line or his sons are going right. to take the north because his also remember the other thing you have to remember about a feast for crows is that when he was originally writing it he was not expecting that a feast for crows was going to be split into two books that's right yeah that's why we it, have some of the Tyrion stuff here because Tyrion exactly. was all dance for dragons right yeah same thing or it's like you know brand's not even well, he doesn't even mention him but uh you know like not even in it so that's kind of the interesting thing about this is and i don't know that we is do we we don't we don't know exactly when this was written right was this was this his pre notes right it's just an outline for a feast for crows we don't know how far he into it he, he is it's it would imagine it feels like it's before he started writing that book yeah i think it's before kind of outlining where he may want to go with some of these things he clearly also gets inspirations randomly for like certain lines because some of those lines are in quotes like oh i definitely mm -hmm. want to use this line uh which is kind of crazy <laughs> you always wonder what right. comes the plot line or if he just thinks of a good line is like how can i get that in there <laughs> yeah end with hard home too for john yeah 
So is John going to heart home? I I don't know because like they said in the well, notes, like, him not ending the book, which we know is in Dance of Dragons, but like ending that story not with him dying because th that doesn't seem like it would maybe be. maybe that wasn't his initial plan. I don't think it was, dude. Maybe his initial was. plan wasn't to have wasn't to have John die, and that it's and it just ends up and it ends up working, and it's more so a way for John to lose his. I mean logistically right i mean we know we know the story elements of john getting resurrected is obviously pretty cool and all of that but logistically they're having john die does a few things if you're you know a writer trying to move pieces around on the chessboard one it lets you not have to write john for a while because okay uh john's off the table so now i can focus on other characters and it gives characters like davos and melisandre something to do right is to focus on Jon Snow's death and bringing him back and dealing with that. And then you can let other pieces move while Jon Snow is no longer a figure yeah. on the table. So you, maybe that's one of the reasons he did it was to be like, okay, the hard home thing is going to be crazy because hard home is kind of happening like now. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, yeah. Chronologically. We don't, we don't see it. We don't see it. And in the, and in the show, remember hard home happens before John dies. That which also could still have been George's plan. Maybe he still was planning on John dying, and but he was going to have hard home happen first. But then he decided, well, we'll have all these wildlings come down anyway, because hard home is the is is really the reason that John gets killed. I mean, you still have the wildlings coming down anyway. Yeah, but it's really like once they bring all those wildlings in from hard home, everyone on the night watch is like, absolutely no, we're like, we're you know, we're done with this, which we're is out. crazy because, yeah, we're out there because then they'd seen, yeah, then they'd seen all that. So maybe John gets brought back to life and then goes to hard home because he's like, hey, that's like it's going down up there, and now he's no longer tied, which makes the whole battle of the bastards thing interesting because is John going to oh. do that? Because if that happens. Maybe John, maybe that is the way it goes. Maybe we've talked, well, we've, we've been taught theorizing the possibility of like John getting resurrected like he does going to do the battle of the bastards. And then Sansa has to go rescue him like in the show, but perhaps Sansa isn't there first. Cause she's not where like mm -hmm. Elaine, you, you know, I mean, where uh, Arya fake Arya, you know, Jane Poole is right. So it would be like Sansa. I thought it would be like Sansa just shows up, and because that's like a just that's, that's just a George way to do. Well, things. based We're, on her notes, I mean, it, it, I I think that it is very possible that she ends up taking the North. Right? Is that is, is that you get Ramsey beats well Ram actually Roose Bolton uh, beats Stannis, and then Ramsey maybe he still kills Roose. We don't know what's going to happen there. Either way, the Boltons are going to then have Winterfell from Stannis. Mm -hmm. And so does John go because of the pink letter or does Sansa go? And maybe she's in trouble. And then it's John who shows up with a new wildling armor for our army from Hardhome. It could be either one. I do think here comes the Calvary works for Sansa and the Knights of the Vale because the Knights of the Vale have been hyped. I, I, like forget right. the television show for a second. Like, the Knights of the Vale are talked about in the books with such reverence and they're so like impressive and they haven't came off their mountain yet. Yeah. So like the idea in the book that we've been building towards their like moment makes me feel like it is likely that they would be the Calvary that comes and saves the day. And it would yeah. be a wonderful reunion between Sansa and John and, and the show, right? And the show, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then it's even better in the book because you take away all of the unnecessary sexual abuse that Sansa took in the show. And none of that's a part of her character in the, in the book. Right. And for the people who love Littlefinger, I mean, we hate Littlefinger cause he's a creep, but like we love reading about him. This is really good news. I mean, it seems like Littlefinger cause we know for a fact that the way Littlefinger died in the show, there's no way that's how this gets resolved in the book. There's no. absolutely no way. Littlefinger is way more important. They uh, clearly, they clearly were like, we don't know what to do. Oh, they, they just threw in the towel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, the thing I, the, 
the the thing I like about it is I've talked about the idea of with Sansa, we still have that tourney of Ashford Meadow theory going on where she's going to get potentially not yeah. betrothed, but sort of theorized to be betrothed just, you know, to a Targaryen, which could be young Griff. What I, I still love the idea of like Littlefinger saying, I, I think Sansa saying, I want to go take, I want to go take Winterfell and Littlefinger is like, I think we should go marry Aegon Targaryen. And then you can use his army to go take Winterfell. And then what ends up happening is John is there and then Sansa comes in, but there's no, you lose all of the stuff of them, like tr going around trying to unite the clans and then John and Sansa not getting along, which in the show actually did sort of work because then it gave some tension to him and Danny when you get into the, like, yeah. the final, the final season. Like, I mean, you know, final season is what it is, but they did. That's actually one thread they did set up well i guess um but you lose all of that and i think it's almost cooler because then sansa just shows up and just out of nowhere kind of like how stannis just shows up out of nowhere when john is up at uh beyond the wall with yes. Ants raider well another thing we have to th think about and this and again these are outlines from 20 years ago exactly so there and a lot of it's going to get cut a lot of it didn't happen but like then the notice that robin weds and it's like well is he wedding sansa or is he wedding someone else? And also the fact that uh, Sh Shadrick is, is going to be murdered. Mouse is going to get murdered. I imagine he's going to figure out who Sansa is. Oh, hold on a second here. Because it, it's kind of speculated in this outline that Sansa would kill Mouse. Hold on a second here. This could be the thing. Let okay, him hold, cook. Okay, hold Let on. him cook. I'm actually cooking on something else about the thing we wanted to talk about because you said something at the beginning of this episode, the thing from the Duncan Egg Iceberg that I I found, and it's going to blow your mind even more than this. But let me uh, let me cook on this a little bit here. Okay, so in Game of Thrones, the show Sansa is with Ramsay. Theon helps her escape, and then she has to go to the only place she knows to go, which is the Wall, because she believes that's where her brother is, Jon Snow. Okay, well, Arya Stark, aka Jane Poole, she's not going to go to the wall because she's her brother is not Jon Snow. So where might she run? What if she goes to the Vale and she's she goes to the Vale to go see her friend, her best friend Sansa, who's now like in running the Vale. So. What we like maybe hear about is, oh, maybe she gets picked up and they think, oh, we have Arya Stark. So they're going to take her to her sister, Sansa Stark. Maybe the idea is we'll marry little Robin to Arya to secure an alliance with the Vale. Then when she shows up, Sansa's like, that's not Arya. That's Jane Poole, <laughs> which would then let them know, oh, hey. This is actually what's going on up in Winterfell. It's ripe for the taking. Let's take the Knights of the Vale and go take back Winterfell. I think I really like this. The only thing is, is that we would have to find a way of getting Sansa's true identity out. Oh, I guess that's true. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's hidden, right? And Littlefinger. Right. She's hidden as Elaine. And yeah, I have a suspicion not. that Mouse die, Mad Mouse dying will be Sansa possibly doing it. Yeah. I think he's going to know her identity. Yeah. But George says in here, become Sansa Stark again. So we know it's coming. Like we're her right. taking her name. Is, is, but regard, is it's still sort of her family. It's like, it's still her family is in the veil and yes, river runs, an river runs under siege. So it's the only place to take Arya Stark at this point would be to the veil. Yeah. Cause Robin is still her cousin. Yeah. To her you, family. You're, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's for even though it's Jane Poole, it's not actually Arya, but it's like, well, you because you can't take her to River Run because and then if you're not when you, you don't want to take her to the Lannisters. Yeah, then you want to take her back to her family. The only place to go really would be. Would be so. Hmm. Poor Jane Poole, dude. I know. <laughs> like, will someone please just lay eyes on this child and be like, that's not Arya. <laughs> All right. Well, and then you also have to think about Theon, too. Yeah, because because he might be Theon might be like, let's go to the Vale, because that's where you have family, and I want to get the hell out of the North. <laughs> I feel like there's a possibility that Theon really wants to see John 
or feels like he needs to see John to to kind right. of run up for everything he's done and then be like, I did not kill Brandon Ricken. Like I didn't actually right. do that. Um yeah. dude, the, the seeing stuff like this, like these outlines, it's it's just crazy the web that is woven right. and the outcomes that can come from it. Yeah, because the whole Arya Stark part of Jane Poole's story is kind of one piece you have to get past. And I just yeah. And and because it's it's got to go somewhere, but it can't really go the same places because she's not the same as Sansa. So it doesn't it doesn't work the same as Sansa going to the That's wall. Right. That's like right. Like we saw in, like we saw in Game of Thrones. So something is going to get Sansa to the north, leave the Vale, and go probably most likely take take Winterfell. And it's either Stannis getting defeated and hearing that Winterfell is vulnerable. Because it feels like she's almost done in the veil anyway. Yeah, I think this tourney that we've been building up towards is going to happen. And that's kind of like the the final thing, you know? Yeah. Davos to take recaptured Arya north. If that was his his plan. So, but Arya's not there. She's over in. in uh... She's over there playing games with the cats in the canals. Maybe that's okay. You know, I've never thought about that. Maybe that is what happens is Jane Poole gets captured. And they say, we've got Arya Stark. And then she sh happens to walk in at the moment. That's not Arya Stark. I'm Arya Stark. And then. Dun, dun, dun. You know, yeah. And then, no, it, it, you know, so, it really could happen that way. Um, especially if she's being you know married off again or. It, it, it's, yeah. Here's a question. Where do the faceless men figure into all this who have stolen this book that want to kill the dragons again who have been i assume hired or they're well a lot of people think they just have vested interest because of the people who caused the doom of valeria which i am on board for that theory mm -hmm. but think about this matt like dragons are going to be such an integral part of defending against the white walkers and we have a group that doesn't know about that threat that wants to kill the dragons yeah, like, that's a that's a There's, wild card in this series that not a lot of people talk like we always talk about and the, like, the, the, the show, show. Literally, the show is just like, well, I yeah, I do not believe for a second. I mean, I do think Arya is coming back, but I do not think that the faceless men are done. I think they have a much bigger role. Oh, yes. magic. Watch. They're a much, much, much more. It all ties back to the in the story. And I think they'll tie into like Euron and and all of that. Oh. <sighs> And speaking Man. of which, let me bring let me bring this up because this kind of all does tie in to it. So, <laughs> so we're we're still talking about the outline, but this ties in because you said something actually at the beginning of this that caused that totally caused me to dive even deeper, and I've been kind of doing it on the side over here. So when Jimmy and I did our Night of a Seven Kingdoms iceberg, we talked about a theory, and that is what happens to the missing dragon egg. Right. So in the mystery night, the third Duncan egg story, what happens is there is a dragon egg that is at the tourney at White Walls in which you have Damon Blackfire, the second who's pretending to be John the Fiddler. And that's just that's this whole, you know, there's a tourney and um, he's essentially trying to have the second Blackfire rebellion. Ultimately, what ends up happening is this dragon egg gets taken, sort of stolen by Blood Raven. And Blood Raven now has a dragon's egg. Okay. So people have theorized that Blood Raven may have offered or given or done something and presented this dragon's egg to Euron. Because remember, book Euron, totally different than show Euron, that he is very, very, very tied to the three eyed crow. And had know, dreams of flying, very similar had to dreams of flying, the crow's eye. Like Euron may end up being the villain of the like whole thing. He may be that Night King figure. Maybe he can lead the White Walkers, right? So anyway, as I'm editing the iceberg and I'm putting in clips from the graphic novels, I came across this photo. And I'll uh, share it here. Give me just one second here. And this photo is from the graphic novel of the mystery night. So I was looking at this and I was like, oh, that's the dragon's egg. Look how cool it looks. It looks. And Jimmy, what do the markings on that dragon's egg look like to you? Well, Matt, I would say it almost looks like Kraken. Yeah, like octopus legs, squid legs. Yeah. I mean, it, it very much looks like that. So 
then I was like, okay, so you've got like this dragon's egg that people have already theorized. And they like the theories of that dragon's egg go back well before mm -hmm. um, like the graphic novels of this came out because, you know, the graphic, th this book, this was written alongside a feast for crows. <laughs> like George did that, right. They, they, they sort of came out together because he wrote like a game of Thrones and he did the hedge night and they were all going sort of back and forth. So, you said at the beginning of this, you said, oh, yeah, and George presented the Forsaken chapter in 2016, which is also the same year that this graphic novel was done, 2016, which is also when season six came out, which is also when George was giving like the most interviews of saying, I really believe I'm going to have Winds of Winter done because, and I want to have it done because it will go out with the sixth season once we get past the content that we no longer have so that he legit like that was when he like legitimately thought oh i'm getting wins out uh before you know we run out of content of the books i don't want to have this stuff come out so clearly he's meeting with publishers in 2015 to get this thing ready when he's writing the Forsaken chapter that he'll present as a sampled preview chapter of Winds of Winter, his upcoming book that's coming out in 2016. Is there a connection? I'm saying yes, because what's what's the Forsaken chapter about? Right? That that's that that preview Winds of Winter chapter. I mean, it's all about Euron being like the super evil bad guy, prophetic dreams, three like crows and valyrian steel armor and i mean it's like euron's gonna be the big bad of the whole thing and he's like in deep into dark magic i mean i'm just saying man is Setting it all connected <clears throat> yeah and a lot of people think we're like regardless this dragon egg does go missing blood raven takes it we don't know what happens and uh there's what if all right. So and this this is a train of thought I've heard other people say is that like, what if Euron really did have the dragon's egg and he used that to pay the faceless men to kill his brother Balon? And now the what if the faceless men are in possession of this egg? Right. The, 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 and they yeah. And that egg that Euron says he has may not be this one. Right. But I think it's I mean, this artwork's like real specific. It is very specific. I mean, that's those are cracks. And it, and it also comes out at the exact same time as all of those other things. And we do know that George uh, one signs off on all these things. He even because uh, obviously with the graphic novel, they will trim down some of the pros. And he is very particular about way, the way things are displayed, the words that are used or, or excluded. And he's definitely used the Duncan Egg novellas to further lore from the main series. For instance, Glamour. Glamouring and Blood Raven does in Duncan Egg is written at the exact same time and released at the same time that Melisandre does her first glamoring in the main series as well. So he definitely uses Duncan egg to enhance some of these things. Um, Matt, I think you might have found something pretty interesting here. I mean, someone has to be able to explain away these cracking looking limbs all over this egg. Yeah. I mean, it could just be like, Oh, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be like smoke inside of a fire. Cause it is like a fiery looking like smoke to me though. Egg. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's clearly, I mean, for those of you listening on the, on the podcast, you're not watching. I mean, it is clearly like hooks, you know, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, like, honestly, it, it looks, <laughs> it, it, it looks so much just like, crack like a uh, cracking legs. Yeah. What if it's not a dragon egg? What if it's a kraken egg? Well, I don't know. Or it like a from eggs. <laughs> I mean, so the dragon itself would, you know, most of the egg, the dragons that they come from, the egg that they come from tends to be their their coloring. So this yeah. would be a red and gold, red, gold, and black looking dragon. She'd be a beaut. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that it's like, man, you you very specifically chose the artwork of this dragon egg to look like that at the same time you're writing the Forsaken chapter, at the same time you're writing these things. I mean, it's man, the coincidence would be insane. It would be. Um, still, still finding stuff to this day that we've not seen before. 
crazy. Because this is like this isn't like fan art. I mean, this is official artwork that George signed off on. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I mean, clearly he would have read the entire graphic novel. Because you know, you can read a graphic novel in like an hour. Uh, I mean, you know, you can, especially these these aren't that long. So I mean, clearly he would have flipped through. It, like, oh yeah, I think that's the way it should look. Yeah, I think uh, I I don't think he would have let uh, a detail like this go through without signing off on it. I, and, and and I will say that maybe it is smoke, but it's like the worst looking smoke I've ever seen. If if it is, because even if you look in, if you even look at this other this photo right here, the the bottom right photo, I mean there, I mean look at it, it's it's like it's coming up, you know what I mean, like from the bottom, and like curling right, and it's almost like that's like the water. Is almost what it looks like, you know. I mean, again, we're talking about a dragon, but it's it's some of these small details that you know George loves to throw in there to kind of tie things together and have you, you know, go this way and and that way. I mean, that's why we love the series so much. That's why we hang on every word he says about everything. And yeah. man, I kind of I kind of think this could be a thing because the theory of of Euron getting the drag getting a dragon egg or something from blood raven like there's clearly a connection between the three-eyed crow and the crow's eye i mean yeah we, we believe yeah. that that euron was like a half successful attempt at the three yeah. crow. And, and also, it might be it might be why he's be, so upset about everything that's what i'm saying like, maybe it drives you mad like maybe it made him go crazy maybe maybe the mad king was somebody who was supposed to be like that could be right yeah. and maybe it also could be we've talked about it and i think you know, in my, in my, it's, it's so hard to say, I think this is going to be the case because who knows, obviously, but I kind of feel like it might be some of the motivation behind Euron because he was passed over. Right. And yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to end up being brand and said, no, you, you were, you couldn't fly. Cause if you look at the, all the language it talks about, there have been many others that have tried to fly and none were able that's right. So, and that's and in Euron had uh, they talk about his dreams and they talk about his childhood and stuff. And it, it kind of mirrors Brandon in a lot of ways. Yeah. So maybe this maybe that egg is actually the egg and Euron does have one. And if Euron maybe get Euron maybe does actually have dragon binder and he's gonna blow it, and maybe that will wake the a dragon from this egg, and then he'll have a dragon, and it's gonna be his dragon versus Danny's. Right. And that's, I mean, that's maybe the, dude, I, it's, it's so hard to figure out how the faceless men, the white walkers, the pink, all this stuff is going to fit in two books. dude. There's just no way. It's insane. There's no way. I know it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like, you have all the actual like political stuff going on. Yeah. That, that And then that is going to, I think a lot of it end in winds of winter. And then well, yeah, a, dream for spring, a dream for spring is going to be like the whole, it's going to be all about the magic and the big wars and, mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. It's, it's a big climax because the dream for spring can only come if they survive and they have to survive these white walkers, which again, we've also speculated that they're not just some brain dead enemy, but a entire people and race and culture. Uh, who knows? Maybe George would subvert the big battle. And it's actually just a parlay. It won't, <laughs> it, it won't be that. But I, I do think that their motivations will be a little bit new, more nuanced by the final book as well. So I don't know, man. I think that there's so much that's going to be different that when we get wins, it's going to be like we're going to there's things are going to happen. We just didn't see coming at all. Like we're talking about all these. I mean, Euron, Euron wants to go marry Daenerys Targaryen if he if he's. He's, see, the whole thing is he says he threw the dragon egg into the sea, which like doesn't make sense if you're going to try to go marry Daenerys. Well, he might be full of shit, too. That's another thing. Right. Like his Valyrian He's steel armor crazy. might be full of shit. He might have never went there. I mean, a lot. I think most people think that he's full of shit. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Old Town's about to get sacked. Uh, I think he's a major player. I think he lasts well into the last book. Yeah. Yeah, the show version of him is going to be like, dude, it's not even close. Yeah, one of the biggest differences in the show, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, that's what we're that's what we're into today, diving into it. So um, 
yeah the i guess the schedule for the rest of the month i ha- i recorded an episode with our, our our friend jordan um he does those uh he did like the long the soundscape he's been on the show he hasn't been on the show but he's been in like patreon zoom hangouts and stuff like that uh and that's that was a fun episode he actually did like a audio book soundscape companion to the Duncan egg series and he's done it for like lord of the rings and stuff like that so I ha- i'll have an episode with him i think that'll be coming out the week of christmas and then um jimmy and i uh we'll be diving back into the reread in january i think we talked about doing a fun kind of christmas episode where we each pick a theory and don't tell the other person what it is and then we have to yeah i'll be around next week but not the following week exactly yeah yeah so, so we'll do like a ravens episode or something like yeah that. And, yeah so we'll yeah we have we have something coming we'll 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 dive into it. but the reroute will pick up that first week of january and i think we're, we're in a davos chapter uh, which is actually a really cool chapter it's davos uh in jail and stone dragons are mentioned yep yeah so so that is sort of the outline for the rest of the year there so with that as always thank you guys for watching thank you guys for listening and remember that winter is coming